Hello, and welcome to Positive Spark Plug. I'm your host, Candace, and I am so excited for you to be joining me today. On today's episode, we have a special guest named Daniel. He goes by Dreamer CEO on Instagram. And within this episode, we dive deep into the importance of getting clear, setting intentions. We talk about um, the creative way of um, setting your life up as a script. Um, We dive into his work that he does um, with his clients and how he helps them succeed um, in achieving their dreams and their goals and, and what they set out to do. We drop a lot of really um, good knowledge, great value in this episode. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen. So let's get going. I have Daniel also known as Dreamer CEO. Um, (laughs) I would like to know, before we get into all that you do, can you give me three things that best describe you? Mm, um, Creative. Um, Oh, describe me. I can think of three things, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make them about me. Three I'd say creative, forward thinking, and committed. Ooh, I like those are the ones that come. There's more, but those are the ones that sat long enough for me to actually say them. Oh. Um how have those three things um, in like, how do you incorporate those three things into your life? How do you make sure that you're opening yourself up to the creative side, um, opening yourself up to, you know, being forward thinking, um, explain how, how do you, why did you choose those three? So I'd say creative is the first one that comes up for me because whenever I do any personality profiles, whenever I do any, um, any archetypes, the creative element always, always comes up. Um, I've actually got Asperger's. I was diagnosed when I was like 27. And I, I, I understand that I look at the world very differently. And I've always framed that in terms of being a creative way of looking at the world because it's very different from the norm. So I'd say I don't have to. The creative piece happens quite naturally because of how I think and operate in the world. So I'm quite fortunate with that one. With the forward thinking, I'd say I'm always looking for how something can be expanded and bettered. It supports in the work that I do, but just in how I look at life, I'm always looking at how something, I look at the potential of things. That's not always great. Sometimes it needs to be grounded. So generally I, I keep myself with people that can, um, can stay in the now with some things and a bit more grounded and where things are now, because I'm very much a visionary thinker. So um, I'd say with that one, again, it happens quite naturally. And what I have to do deliberately is balance it out. And then um, with being committed, uh, this is something I've, I've, I've worked on because the creative part of me always wants to run off and do different things. So yes. sticking with one thing is something I've, I've really, really worked on. But then actually what I found is I did more studies into myself and how I operate. All I needed to do actually was pick my battles with what I commit to. Because when I do commit, I do commit. 
So it's just about being very deliberate in where I place that energy. Uh, I'm very intentional about where I direct it. And then I find that it's easier for me to step into commitment and to remain committed. But committed is something that I'm very, very committed to in my life at the moment. Nice. Yes, commitment, I find um, it comes down to pri like prioritizing, right? It's what, um, what is it that you need to prioritize in order to be able to commit yourself fully into what you're doing, whether it's multiple things or just one thing, it's prioritizing it so that you're able to, you know, keep those commitments to yourself. If you have a meeting with yourself to do some writing for a book that you're going to do, or even if it's just like a gym appointment, keeping that commitment is extremely important, but you've got to prioritize it in order for it to actually allow that commitment to keep following through. Indeed. Indeed. Um, tell me a little bit about your journey and what brought you on this path. I've been in personal development, spirituality, all that kind of stuff for the best part of 20 years. I actually got into this world quite young. Um, but some of the woo-woo sides of it didn't really make any sense to me. It's only actually, I think, when I, I came to understand that my brain's autistic and that I do need to look at things a bit differently, I was able to appreciate some of the less tangible sides of what I'm into now. Before it was very much visualization, um, goal setting, being very intentional. That piece has always been a part of my life. I've always been that way. My brain only functions with structure and, and formulaic procedures. So that was an easy thing. Um, actually surrendering and letting go and, and, and feeling into the less tangible, more faith-led pieces came from experience and really just going through the fires of life, really. Um, having having things that you can't explain show up in your life and support you, right? Um, when you take stock and realize that actually a lot of the time it's the things that you weren't even thinking about or that you weren't even planning or even really conscious of that ended up being the solution that enables you to build a relationship with trust to those things. Also just reconnecting to deeper spiritual practice over the last, I'd say, um, what year are we now? Three or four years, I'd say. So um, regular meditation, my daily practice, uh, my yoga practice, that's all supported me being able to more better integrate a more holistic approach to the way I do things now. But I'd say, yeah, the mental piece of it has pretty much always been a part of my life. But specifically over the last sort of 20 years, I've been in, in deep personal development. And then the more deeper spiritual side of things, working with intuition and all that sort of stuff over the last three or four years. Nice. Um, what are some of the struggles that you have endured um, with yourself and, and while helping um, your clients that reach out to you? And how do you overcome them? I'd say for me, one of the, the biggest challenges that I face and one of the ones that I'm, I'm the most proud of is just learning to accept help. In fact, when I take a stock at all the stuff that's gone sideways and Pete Tong in my life, it's because I haven't actually been open to receiving help. Had I gotten the right advice, had the, had the right people around me in those times, I wouldn't have had the same outcome. Now, I'm not running away from the outcomes that I did have because those things have brought me to where I am today. And so I, I am in deep gratitude, even for the things I don't really like that much. I, I've, I've come to terms with peace with gratitude for those. And so for me personally, it's being able to accept help and learning to trust people uh, and, and allow them to, to, to help and support me. So that's for me personally. In relation to clients, it's really understanding the, one second, 
with clients, <laughs> we're looking at the balancing side of that. It's actually people understanding that there's a balance between self-autonomy and then having support versus a crutch. Because one thing I've witnessed with people, especially people that, um, that I've seen over the last, I don't know, four or five years that I've been stepping into this world more of supporting people, is that people either don't accept any help at all, number one, or number two, they're not accepting help, they're expecting someone to do the work for them. Yes. So what I found, for example, with me is that people that have not really resonated with my work are the ones that either want some magical pill that's going to do everything without them having to lift a finger, or they're prepared to invest in themselves, but they think that that investment's going to equate to someone else doing all of the heavy lifting. They can show up, magic wands are going to be waved, then they're going to have their abundance, they're going to have their health and fitness and so on and so forth. It's like people don't want like fad diets, which I'm probably sure you see in, in your work. They want like some fad diet and they're like, yeah. well... I'm going to do keto so I don't have to work out. Like I'm just going to just lose all of the weight without understanding that there's balance, right? They, they have to put some work in, but then have the right support that empowers them to put the work in and get the results that they want to see in their life. I am with you on both of those. Um, asking for help was, has just up until actually my last relationship um, was really one of my biggest turning points on asking for help because I, um, in public school and all throughout school, I had an IEP, so a learning disability, math and, and English and writing and stuff and reading has always been a struggle for me. And right from the very beginning, once we kind of got myself figured out, the teachers, you know, test days would come and be, Candace, do you want to go to the resource teacher to do this test? Right out loud. And of course, as a kid, you're like, you shrink, you mm -hmm. feel dumb. So then it's like, no, I'm okay. And then the hour passes and you've written three questions down because you really do not know what is happening. Your brain's gone blank. You don't know what to do. And so I struggled a lot with that. And it wasn't until my mama was like, listen, how about just on test days? You just have the test already down there. She comes in from recess and she just goes right down in the class. It's not that I had issues with people knowing that I needed help. It was the pure fact that I couldn't, um, I couldn't vocalize it myself because somebody was kind of like, it felt like someone was holding the fact that I needed help over my head. Like, mm -hmm. do you need help? So then I felt small when I said yes to asking because I was like, why, why are you putting it in that, that sense, right? In that meaning. Um, so then eventually, you know, it became down to, you know, test days would come. I would just come right in from recess and go right down to the resource class. And yeah, the kids would look around and know that I'm not there. Where am I? Probably the resource class. But at least I hadn't consciously made that decision to go down there. And it wasn't like I was forced because I needed to, or, and it wasn't like I was saying no, because the teacher was, you know, daunting it over my head. And yeah, so asking for help has always been a struggle for me. And then my last relationship, it came down to, if I wanted something, he made me ask for it, like for a ride, for anything. It wasn't like, you know, those little like read between the lines. He'd be like, yeah, no, I don't do that. 
<laughs> if, we, if you want something, ask. <laughs> Just straight up ask. So that I started doing that. And then I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And then in my DSW course in Fanshawe, when I was in college, there were certain huge words that I would get stuck on that, yeah, through my ex, I was like, if you don't ask what this word is or how to pronounce this word, you're never going to know. And then you're just going to be stuck. And then you're going to be, you're now doing that to yourself. So asking for help is huge. And it really does open up the world to opportunities and possibilities. And I just, yeah, it's just having the courage to be like, Hey, I need help with this. And not in a way like you said, where it's, Hey, I need help with this. Oh, you're going to help me. Here it all is. Give it back when it's finished. <laughs> Give it back when it's finished and polished. Thank you. Look, looking forward to that being done for me. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> yes. No, asking for help where it comes from an empowering way. Like, okay, I'm asking this because it's going to allow, it's going to unlock the, the next steps for me, which is huge. And people need to know that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, hey, I don't get this. And, and a lot of people, unfortunately, don't have that sense of being, whether it's from experiences like myself or just, you know, always asking for help and then never receiving it, whatever it may be. But yeah, that's huge. And then, yeah, the quick fixes. Everybody wants quick fixes. And I, I always tell my clients, like, we are such a active, stagnant society of quick fixes where everybody thinks because they're active four hours of the week they're like yeah I'm active and it's like okay what do you do the rest of the, the week you know that you're not working out oh I you know sit and watch tv or I'm on the computer or I'm working eight hours of the day which I'm sitting and you're like okay so <laughs> being, it's not an active lifestyle you're active four hours of a week <laughs> um, and then there's like quick fixes where it's like hey do this in 30 days and you're gonna do this and it's like how do we have all of this? But yet, unfortunately, we're still the laziest and most obese society that we've ever been. It's like, it doesn't make sense. And it's because people don't want to ask for help, real help where they're wanting to do the work themselves and they don't want to put the time in or the work in. So I'm right with you on both of those subjects. Like it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. So when somebody does come to you and they're in that state of like hey I'm really you know wanting to invest in myself and they do so but then you feel like you are taking all the load how do you approach that how do you I kind give, of shift I give them it? Their money back. you give them their money back yeah, yeah. until somebody's completely 100% ready it's yeah it's, so I'm, I'm I'm really strict I'm I'm fortunate that my my business is predominantly sort of group based um people have to sort of you can't just work with me directly you you have okay. to either go to one of my groups or now we've got some i've got some mastermind stuff that's starting to expand and open up currently it's only been people that have been in my world that have been allowed to sort of upgrade into mastermind but they're going to be sort of expanded but um yeah you, you you can't just just work with me directly because i need to see what you're what you're into i need to see how you're showing up I need to see your commitment levels. I need to see, I need to see because I put a lot into working with someone. Um, I only ever work personally with a maximum of five, maybe six people, I think is the maximum at time I've ever worked with like on a private basis. Um, and I put a lot into that. It's not just the one hour a week that we're going to be talking. 
we are going to be in a very non-physical <laughs> relationship that's very committed, very energetically bound. Um, and if we're going to be in each other's energy fields, then there's got to be a resonance. There's got to be a common field there. Uh, there's got to be a deep commitment to change because um, I'm not interested in polluting my environment with any people, places and things that aren't into expansion and moving forward. Because the energy that we're mixing in, not just intimately, but just in any way affects where we are at too, I believe. And so I'm, I'm very consciously aware of the energy that I allow into my space. I like that. Yes, energy is huge. And I, I, A, I appreciate that you do that because not a lot of people do that. Um, to me, that shows true dedication on your part because you're not somebody that's just like, hey, yeah, I'll take your money and, you know, we'll, three months will go by and nothing will happen and you'll just keep thinking that I'm doing all this work for you, but I'm not actually. <laughs> Which, there are people out there that unfortunately do that and then it's like, hey, our time's up and how do you feel? Oh, okay, oh, good, and then that's it. So I like that you're committed to the pure fact that, like, who you're working with, there's going to be change. Like you, you want it just as much as them and you only take people on that are truly committed. Like, you know what I mean? You're not, mm -hmm. you're not pu pushing them. Hey, keep doing this, keep doing I think this. Like, I think there's, there's, there's a sense of like a lack mentality for people that are just in it for the money. And I'm not knocking anyone that's driven by those factors. It's just, that's not me. Um, I don't do this for the money. Um, I would do this for free every day. Like I'd, I'd show up every day for my groups. I'd show up every day on social media as I do sharing content. I would do that for free. I really, really would. So, you know, polluting that beautiful space as I experience it with things just for the sake of money, which you can make without yeah. this anyway, uh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that at all. You know, and that's, yeah. and that, and that energy has informed how my business is done. You know, um, I built up my, my coaching business, the coaching side of my business. I got to six figures in less than four months. And that wasn't with me, um, you know, going into people's DMS and harassing my friends and family. No, this was, if you, you know, if you saw what I did and like my mailing list is at, at this point was really small. Right. Um, I wasn't doing paid ads, so we're not talking about doing it that way. It was literally just aligning everything up with very clear intentions about who I was going to connect with and the value I was going to bring, creating those value vacuums and allowing that to be filled by just being sincerely of service and then, you know, being very consciously deliberate of what I was, how I was showing up and showing up ready to say no to people because it wasn't about the money. I can do that because I'm literally choosing to be in the space of abundance I'm claiming into my life. And that then gets reflected in the results. So how, how did you, how did you first come about like energy? Has energy always been something that you've kind of felt like I'm like, I want to control the energy. I like the energy, or is this something that you've kind of just kind of in, incorporated into your life or have you always been an energy person because I have always been an energy person I've always loved energy I loved energies from other people everybody's always asking me how I have so much energy <laughs> um, and it's just I I just thrive and I'm like you I thrive off of people that I want um, 
I want to reciprocate that energy and I want my energy to be reciprocated. So I hang around those people and, or I go to an energy that I'm pursuing. So I, I put myself in, in, in spaces where, oh, I really enjoy what that person's doing, the energy that they're bringing to the universe and to their life and to the world. How can I get myself in there so that my energy can start feeling that energy and transforming itself into that and living within me so that I can keep pursuing it? Has that always been something for you that you kind of lived with is like energy and, and moving yourself towards it? Um, in, in short, no, I was doing it unconsciously, but consciously I was like, this stuff is BS. It's not even real. So that, so that was what's happening consciously, but I was actually using it and demonstrating a deep connection and resonance with it unconsciously. So, um, when I then did sort of move the curtains back and start stepping into this world, I've worked with some really great teachers um, who have helped me with my, my connection with energy intuition and all that sort of groovy stuff. Um, I had such a natural aptitude for a lot of this stuff. It was really funny because I'm like, well, this stuff is real. I've, I've got some really great skills in this area, but I was writing it off. And we do that sometimes, right? We don't understand our power in something. And so we write it off. So it's been a couple of years now since I've been really deep in it. Um, I just finished up another great program with a wonderful teacher on Ascension training and my, my energy play has just gone through the roof since then. It's, it's bonkers. Um, quite scarily bonkers sometimes also. Um, but yeah, frequency is real. It's scientifically, you can actually, I think it's when I started working with my teacher, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I started to understand the science to overlap the spirituality a bit more. And so I became open to seeing things in a different lens and I was like, oh, I get it. So a lot of the stuff that I was learning, you know, 15 years ago when I started with the mystery schools and stuff, I was like, ah, this is BS. I don't really care about this stuff. I'm going to do with the tangible. Now I've started to overlap everything that I've been learning for 15 years and understanding the spiritual side to it in a way that actually makes sense. And now I can start to step into it. So I've got like a decade and a half worth of experience with something, but I wasn't really accepting it as being real. And over the last few years, I'm like, okay, so all of that was real. And sort of going back and almost re-knowing all of that experience now through a new lens. Um, and that's been supportive in me being able to apply it in my life and in the life of people I work with too. So how do you, how do you help the, your clients um, make an energy shift? And how do you like incorporate that into their, into their programming or into your retreats and stuff? How do you bring your energy and how do you help your clients transform their energy into the energy that they desire? Well, first and foremost, a big part of everything I do is about being intentional. So getting a sense of, of clarity in the outcome that they want to experience, regardless of what that is, is always step one. Once we have that space of clarity, it's about, empowering them to understand that they have a responsibility in terms of the creation. Nobody else can do the creation for them. And in terms of my beyond intention model, my four step beyond intention model, that's step one, accept. Once they accept that power and the mind is fixed with everything I've created is mine. Everything that I can create is mine, but it's up to me. And they've stepped into that autonomy. Then we can do the very simple thing of peeling away the layers of what's overlapping a disconnection from the true source of power, which is, is the present moment. And so what we do is we actually get them clearing 
the connections to the past. And sometimes that requires a lot more depth. Everyone's going to be different. We've all had different experiences. We've all got different traps that we're, that we're connected to. We've all got different stories. And so we give our clients models to work with clearing that. And then understanding that whatever future that they're pacing themselves into to create anxiety or to create um, uh, being caught up in a future that they don't necessarily want, once they understand their creative power, that becomes less of an issue because they start to understand, oh, that outcome that I'm anxious about doesn't have to happen because it's going to be the outcome that I connect to through expectation that's going to show up. So that's what we really do. So once we come back to the present moment, we're focusing the space where we can start to direct our energy. And what I like to do is actually just to simplify this and actually pull away all of the, the fluffy statements and all of the purple prose and bring it back to simple facts. Energy is something that we're all made up of. It's not some, some special thing. It's the substance of all that we are. Everything is energy. Yeah. So what we're actually talking about is playing with reality. Okay, so how do we communicate with reality? We communicate with reality based on the vibration that we're at. Everything that we experience is a match to where we're at with our vibration, which is all very well and good, sounds very sexy, but what does it actually mean? Well, the first point of contact that we have with vibration is our emotional state. Our emotional state is an indication of where we're at with our vibrational frequency. So what we're really talking about is this, being very clear on what we want to experience, accepting the responsibility of doing that, getting into a space where we can choose where we're at emotionally and through that directing the frequency that we're operating at and by that creating our lives. So it's all very well and good being able to move energy. I know people that can move energy and they can heal people and all that great stuff. They hate their life. Why? Because all of this great power of moving energy doesn't mean anything if it's not being directed very consciously and deliberately. So that's why we start with the intention. Then the responsibility. If I'm giving my power away through my belief systems about someone else being responsible, it doesn't matter what I set the intention of. It doesn't matter how I feel. It's not going to generate clear results that I desire. So that's where that is. And the other thing is because the present moment is all that's real, the past is done. The future hasn't happened yet. Unless I'm in the now, I'm not going to be able to be in a space that's actually real enough for me to create the new outcomes through the choices that I make. Wow. You're just like... <laughs> that is all incredible. Um, so how, how, do you, how do you navigate um, through your life and through your clients to you know, get that clarity? Is it coming up with a list of goals? Is it coming up with, this is the, uh, the feelings that I would desire to feel more than these? How do you help clear somebody's mind and, and, and things out of their life so that they can be in the present moment? They're not anxious about the future. They're not worried about what's happened in the past. How do you get that clarity? Well, first and foremost, uh, thanks. That's a great question because the point of goals, intentions, clarity, all of this stuff, this can be a very sexy space that people can get caught up in and actually not even end up translating into real results. Um, yeah. one, of my, one of my keynote speaks in my corporate work is the pointlessness of purpose. And the reason why I call it that is because one thing that I, I notice a lot of people getting caught up in is, what's my purpose? My purpose is this and blah, blah, blah. And get caught up in this very sexy story about purpose and then they die maybe knowing their purpose and not actually having lived it or they die yeah. having gone on this great adventure to finding what their purpose is or they're so busy caught up in this thing called purpose they're not actually just doing the thing they're here to do which is to live their life and actually enjoy this experience so what i like to do is cut all the stories and get back to basics first and foremost 
learn how to be deliberate on a micro level. So start to be very deliberate in the outcomes that you're having in your lives. Before you hop on a call, set an intention about what you're going to do, right? So before I stepped into this space, I was very intentional about what I wanted. I wanted to add to the lives of the listeners of this podcast. That's all I wanted. Very clear, very concise, very simple. Not so sexy that I get caught up in it and, and don't actually end up getting anything done. Not, oh, I want to transform the world and build this blah, 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 blah. <laughs> great really poetic but in real terms what does it mean i'm not interested in all the sexy right i just want just to get to, to the basics once we actually start practicing that then i train them to start setting intentions for their day if i at the end of the day when i look back on this day how do i want to feel about this day and set that up deliberately at the beginning of the day then we start training them to do that for their week then for their month then we start showing them how to do that for their life through what we call a life script so looking back at your life how would you like to feel if you're playing back a movie of your life what emotions would you like to be experiencing and through that now we can start to build an emotional map that we can use to set our in, our actual intentions uh, you know like for example this morning i said you know i'd like to feel relaxed and at peace and so for me as i'm going through my day i'm now checking in and asking am i moving closer towards being at peace and relaxed or further away from it as I'm approached by, as I'm uh, faced with choices and opportunities, does this bring me closer to being relaxed and at peace or further away? And if I keep making choices that bring me closer to my intention, then what's going to happen? I'm going to keep getting closer to my intention. So at a basic level, there's obviously deeper levels to it. And we, we look at specific areas. How do you want to sharpen your relationship? How do you want to sharpen your finances? How do you want to sharpen your health? That's all great. But at its root, learning to actually deliberately apply the model of, choosing how are you going to feel looking back at the experience and using that to actually start setting the intentions before you get into it. So with intentions, so for example, you have an intention. This is how I want to feel life. Life shows up mm -hmm. and we all go through unknowns and we cannot, we cannot control the day. Mm -hmm. Do you have your client set intentions for how they're going to respond to the day like as well so like you can have intentions on how you would like your day to go but all of a sudden it may not go that way at all through whatever circumstances is that why it's so key to keep asking yourself like is this pulling me towards my intention or taking me away and do you have your clients also understand like when life is throwing you complete opposite of what you sent out, like set your intentions for in the morning, do you have them set intentions for how they're going to respond? Or do you just kind of have them keep asking themselves, okay, is this what's going to keep pushing me forward or taking me away from it? Okay. So there's so many different levels to this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep this at a very basic level, right? Like okay. a rudimentary, because we can go into infinity with this. Because at the end of the day, we cannot experience anything that we're not a vibrational match to. Okay. So if we get into the day and it starts going against us, it's not going against us, it's going in line with the vibration. So if you, oh. don't like, if you don't like what's showing up, then instead of thinking about the thing and getting caught up in the thing or how I'm going to respond to the thing, pause, come back to the now. That's what my, my model beyond intention empowers you to do. Come back to the now and reset. Because every single moment we have the opportunity to completely renew our experience going forward. It doesn't matter what the news you've received is now. You have the opportunity here to completely reset the script and how it goes forward. 
how we respond doesn't matter if we're still operating at the same frequency. So if I'm still at the frequency that matches that experience that created it in the first place, I can respond differently. My frequency is still going to perpetuate that situation or going to bring it up in a different form or going to bring it up in a different way or bring it up again at a different time. It's like people that keep having the same relationships over and over again with different people is because they're still at the frequency match for that type of relationship until they actually start to shift who they are at a court in terms of their vibration and frequency, they're going to keep getting the same thing. So in short, I don't tell them to do that. What I tell them to do is that first and foremost, when things come up that are against what they've decided that they want to experience, pause and ask yourself, where am I now? Are the feelings that I'm experiencing right now, which is the first point of contact for my vibration, do they match the experience that I said I wanted to have? And if it's yes, then it's not going against me. It's just showing up in a way that I didn't understand or that I can't see at this level of consciousness. And if I'm not, then I simply choose to step into that feeling now and then I can create what I want going forward. Ah, I like that. I like that you, um, that you put pause and, and reset because I use the word pause quite often. Um, so that like really, when you said that, that really resonated with me. I do that with myself. Um, when I find myself going into like a negative mindset or something's happening, I'll legitimately say out loud, pause. And it, it is, it's like a trigger in my brain where it's like, what, are, what, wait, what? <laughs> and it just totally throws it off track. And I, I, I don't necessarily, I'm going to start asking myself what you said. Am I, where am I now? But I normally go, is is this who I want? I ask myself, is this who I want to be? Like, is this who I want to be presenting myself as? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how, is this how I want to be talking about myself? Especially if, you know, things are, I'm doing stuff and my vibrations all over the place, or maybe I'm unclear and then I'm getting frustrated with myself because I'm sending out the wrong vibration. I always just, yeah, I pause. Is this how you want to be talking about yourself or is this how, mm-hmm you want to present yourself to this situation or to this person or to this relationship to your boot camp classes. Mm-hmm. So I love that you use that because yeah, that's one of my biggest things. And I always have my clients do that as well. Um, more or less in everything that they do, but especially when it comes to eating, because mm-hmm. a lot of my clients, they're emotional eaters or they're eating cause they're bored. And so I always ask them, okay, before you eat that, because there is no such thing as a snack event. You're not like putting it in your mouth being like, I accidentally ate that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That doesn't happen. So ask, like pause and be like, why am I eating this? Am I eating it because it's time to eat? Am I eating this because something emotional just happened and I'm using this as a resource to kind of cope with? Am I just bored sitting on the couch and I'm eating? Or is, hey, because the TV's on and that's a natural thing for me to do is eat on the couch or watching TV. So I always get my clients to pause and just ask yourself, why are you doing that? Why are you eating that right now? Is it for this reason or for this reason? And it's not that I don't want my clients to never snack or indulge or enjoy food. I just, as a trainer and especially them wanting to lose weight, you just have to be cautious. I'm always about, is it, food for your health or food for your soul 
And it's okay if it's food for your soul, if it's at the appropriate time, but every single day, five hours a day is not good to eat for your soul, <laughs> which a lot of people do. So I always like to say right around like the, you know, 80 to 20% rule, which I know is, you know, 80% for your health, 20% for your soul. <laughs> eat away. Enjoy the food. <laughs> Socialize with friends. You know, don't, don't be like, oh my God, I have a gathering. I can't, I can't go eat that. No, just be cautious. Mm -hmm. The week up to that Saturday where you know you're going to be out with your girlfriends and having drinks and, you know, there might be little finger foods that you might like to eat. Be cautious about that. Don't all week eat like crap and then be like, oh, well, Saturday's coming. I'm going to eat like this. <laughs> and then wonder why you gain 10 pounds. Exactly. Mm. So I love that you, I love that you use pause. How do you, can you get a little bit more into like your life script? I liked that. What, like, how do you get them to navigate that? You were saying emotional maps by setting intentions and stuff. Can mm -hmm. you dive more into that? I, you really intrigued me. So the life script model um, started, uh, God, I think about, it was about five years ago, I started using this model myself. And it started because a friend and I basically, we're both avid readers. I mean, I, I, I normally read about a book a week. I've read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. And we were talking and we we're like, it's great that we read all of these books, but how do we know what we're actually going to use from all these books that we read? And so what we started to do was we started to make a list of five books to live by. And so every, I think it was every year, every six months, we basically review and say of the books that we've read, what are the five books that are the central pillars to what we choose to live our life? Like edicts. So, you know, for health, where do we go to? And I, I had my five topics and I realized that basically if my, my life was a movie, these would be the themes of my life. The idea expanded and especially I started doing this work that I do now, it expanded a lot more. And what it basically became were the five pillars that we, we base our life on. And I've got a video on my YouTube channel that explains the, the process to creating this and so on and so forth and how you can apply it. So if you go to do it with Dan.tv, it will take you to my YouTube channel and you can, you can see that. Um, but basically what started to happen was, is you started to have a very clear, concise place to, uh, area to place your focus. So rather than my life, it's okay, I've got these five areas. So in terms of setting your intention, you've got five areas. In terms of where to place your focus for improving, you've got five areas. It's really interesting that just this morning, I actually changed my five areas from what they were to what they're going to be going forward. And I continually review them. Normally, I review them every Sunday. I look at my boxes. I see what my relationship is to them, how I feel on a scale of one to 10 with each one, what I can do to make an incremental shift and expansion in each one. But once you, you, you have the five areas, we get our clients to do like a little spider diagram. So I did this at my retreat here in Cabo uh, last month. Do a little spider diagram, a little mind map for each one. And you just say, what does it mean to you? And we look for some common themes and we start to build a narrative then of what we choose for our life to be based on these five areas. And then from there, you can pull clips for your mind movie or for your vision board or your positive affirmations so that you can start to have your life populated with inputs that support these new experience that you want to have. And it's really just thinking, my life as a movie, who are the actors that I want in there? So who are the people that I want in my life? What are the supporting roles? I'm the director, I'm the scripter, I'm, I'm the producer. 
yeah, there's going to be supporting roles of my angels and my guides and God and all that kind of good stuff too, but I'm still the writer and the, and the director, right? And we can start to say, okay, you know, where do I want my scene to be based? I like to live in the sun, so I live here in Mexico, right? Um, some people like snow. Some friends of mine move from Bali to London, like this time of the year, because yeah. they want cold weather, like whatever. But it's what you want. Understand yes. that, you know, you can get some creative input, but you get the final cut. But what happens for a lot of people, instead of them taking that final cut, they give all the editing power to the people, places, and things in their life, and then complain that the movie isn't what they wanted at the end. So the analogy of the live script has a lot of different layers to it. And de depending on where people come into the work, uh, it depends on the level that we go into it. When I work with someone on a private basis, we literally work hand in hand together to identify those five pillars. I've got some meditation and visualization tools and some hypnosis based tools that we can use to dig in and get to the root of what your pillars are without the ego. We, we do exercises to clean those. We've got different visualization techniques we can give you to, to build out bringing those things into your life uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. We've got support in different, different areas. I've got specialists I bring in to support. Um, most people have a, um, money, health, and relationships in there. So we have a lot of tools around those because normally it's a variation of one of those three things. And um, I was just going to ask, what is, what is the number one, like what is one of the co most common things that is normally in everybody's five pillars? Money. 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 Yeah, that's one of the Finances. reasons why I do a lot of work. Like my most popular group program, Micro to Millions, is all about creating financial abundance. And that's the one that just, I don't have to do much. There's always people that just come in for that one. Um, over and above anything else that I do, that's the one that's really been the most uh, popular. Even like now that I'm actually stepping into doing like paid ads and stuff, that's the only one I'm actually putting any advertising budget into because it, it just, it, people just want it, you know? And it, want and, it. And, and it's, I've got the benefit of having like a lot of testimonials and case studies and proof of, of, of a result. And money's a tangible thing. You know, some of my guys are at six figures now um, over the course of the year. So That's I've amazing. got tangible things. It's very different to, you know, oh, how are your relationship with your mum? You know, <laughs> it's just like, yes, yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas like, yeah. okay, are you, are you out of debt now? Yeah. Are you, are you financially free? Yeah. Okay. So it works. So it's a very different, the metrics are easier with, with easier yes yeah finances i don't i don't understand why it is not taught more in public schools and in high schools not that we don't need the math that we're doing because mm -hmm. there's some people out there that you're using that math um but we get into adulthood and unless your parents taught you you know how to save and how to you know put money way and what you should be spending things on and like not just go wild nobody knows really what to do with finances a lot of the time unless they've done some help or they've asked for help because they're just like okay I don't know I know I have bills this and this and then yeah they feel like they need to pull out their hair because they have nothing for themselves or they don't or they're overspending in a lot of little things and then they're wondering where all the money went <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's like important. i don't know why i'm always broke yeah. <laughs> i think it's important to understand though that you know god bless the system but it wasn't designed to make people independent it was designed to make sheep so like the the traditional western school system which a lot of other societies follow is based on the victorian workhouse system because remember education wasn't for everyone 
you know, it wasn't given to anything other than the upper classes up until the last, I'd say, 150 years. If that, you know, before then you, you didn't get to go to school like that, okay. you know, you got up and you went to work because it was very much a, a, a work, a working society. Education was something special for those that were of other classes. So when the lower classes, those of us that aren't, you know, royalty and nobility were allowed to be educated, we were educated and trained to be good workers. So you get to school by a certain time, you're taught to follow instruction. If you go against the grain, you're, you listen to a bell, it's being trained to go and work in a workhouse or go and work in a factory. That's what they're, they're training you to do. Um, now they're training you to go and go and work in a, a company. That's why they train you to skill and blah, blah, blah. But if you look at the most successful people, they generally haven't been through traditional education, but those who have been through traditional education make the best employees for them. Um, now, I think it's important to note that some people are made to be employees, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but not well, everybody's a leader, you know? Not everybody is a, an entrepreneur, and everybody's gonna create a Fortune 500 company. What I think is more important is finding joy in what you do do. If yes. you like being educated, if you want, I know some people that love going to work, uh, you know, just working like their office job. They love it. The people that get off, like my, my ex was, a, was in law enforcement and she loved getting up early and going to go and get bad guys. You know, that made her very, very happy. I've got a cousin of mine that's a nurse, loves going in and saving people's lives and clocking in and clocking out. If I offered them financial freedom that didn't, include that job they wouldn't be happy they'd be very very sad they are happy doing what they do and i think it's important not to allow other people's stuff to judge to 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 create a self-judgment that doesn't allow you to step into just loving what you what you love and this is one of the things about the, the live script it's not allowing other people places and things to tell you the story about what you should be doing but in the same time i've worked with people that have spent 20 years in business or in careers and realize that they don't love it, having a midlife crisis, right? So what's most important is, what do I want? What serves me? What nourishes me? If it's going to the office every day, freaking do it. If it's yes. being an academic, do it. If it's being an artist, do it. But understand that we are holistic beings that operate in different levels. So, you know, we have a physical body that must be fed. <laughs> most of us live in Western society where we must pay bills. So just consciously do what you need to do to set your life up to support it. If you want to just play music all day, fine. But then invest in yourself, creating the financial freedom that supports you being able to do that. If you just want to go and work with animals all day, fine. But do what you need to do to set yourself up so you're not in a state of stress or fight or flight or survival mode in your finances as you do that. You know, If you want to be an entrepreneur and that's truly what you want to do, invest in learning how to do it, right? <laughs> Choose deliberately make it your choice but then do what must be done in order to step into it successfully yes i'm 100 percent with you on that i i believe people need to do what generally makes them happy mm -hmm. it it baffles me unfortunately how so many people wake up every single day with that uh here we go again mm. off to work mm. it's it, it's almost heartbreaking because you're like, oh my God. And it's like, I wish I could just get in that mind and like shake it and be like, <laughs> find something that creates, creates happiness in your life. 
And I know, like, I know, like you said, there's, you can't just, you know, quit your job and not have income coming in because there are bills that you have to pay. But what can you do to kind of either shift yourself so that you're putting yourself in that energy to start living your life through what makes you happy and making that a way of income? Or how are you making it so that when you come out of that, you know, that job that you maybe not like so much or you dread going to, how do you transfer your energy into doing something that you love so you're not staying in that ugh mode mm. every day, all day? Mm. And not just living for the weekends because it's not. It comes down to just agency and sovereignty and starting to apply that on a small scale and then spreading it out. Right. Like I said, we don't jump in with the life script general. We start with like little things or we start with the pillars. Like we start building that sovereignty and agency. You know, some of these people that hate their life, they hate their life, but they're actually happy hating their life. Right. That's actually where they're, they're, they're like, you'd be surprised how many people are happy in their unhappiness. That's what they're really deeply committed to. I actually did a video about this um, a little while ago. I think it's on my Instagram as well. What are you committed to? But, um, but yeah, some people don't, they don't want to be happy. And that's a very, very sad fact. I think <laughs> there's lots of levels to this, but suffice to say, there are conscious desires and there's subconscious desires. It's important to align those two in order to move anywhere right so people are saying consciously they don't desire going to, 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 to work every day but you know they've turned down opportunities to go and do something else or you know this is what they chose to step into or if you gave them the opportunity to leave that that situation they wouldn't they wouldn't leave that situation there is so much to be said for understanding just how much creative power you have over your life and starting to apply that on the micro level so that you can start to experience on a macro level so like so you're saying the subconscious mind like the mind that's the, I, the, I to me that's the mind that's always going and it's the it's the the power of our true energy mm -hmm. i find and then it's our conscious energy that plays out to the energy but our our subconscious mind is the real energy source i find um are you like so you're saying that those people it's just naturally in them to be like i like being unhappy but i'm going to consciously think that i'm not happy we got to remember that the, the, the subconscious mind doesn't have, it doesn't have desire. It doesn't attribute quality. It just does what it's told. It just runs the okay. program. It dispassionately runs the program. It's like a little robot that just runs the program. It's got no, I prefer this or, or I don't prefer that. It's just, this is the program. Okay, that's what I'm doing. And so when that program is unhappiness, because that's what you've been doing for a long time, then that's a program that's going to run. So if you came consciously to someone who wasn't aware of that disparity, and offered them something else, the subconscious mind's going to go, whoop, sorry, that doesn't line up. And that's where we have self-sabotage. That's where we have people that stick in disempowering patterns. That's where we have people that turn down great opportunities. It's because the subconscious mind is doing what the subconscious mind is to doing, which is to keep things playing out the same. So if you haven't done the work of disrupting that pattern at a core level, then it doesn't matter what you're given. It's not going to change. This is why I said people that, you know, want to, come and pay me thousands and thousands of dollars to work with me, but they're not ready to actually make the shift. Consciously, they may truly desire it, but if subconsciously that shift hasn't happened yet and they don't actually own the power to make that shift from the conscious to the subconscious, it's a waste of everyone's time. So how do you, how do you start making that shift? Like what it, 
Is it daily stuff that they have to do? Is it consistency? Is it rituals? Is it mantra sayings? Um, how do you how do you get that mind, especially if it's been like playing for twenty seven years and mm -hmm. it's it's powerful? How do you subconsciously how do you consciously switch it? Well, this is the thing. Where did it come from in the first place? I think some people forget that you didn't wake up and this is who you were over time. That program was built. Now they say between the age of two and seven, a lot of the program happens and then we reinforce that and then we play it out and then we live it out. And then people hit forties and realize, Oh my God, this is what I chose to have midlife crisis and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, it's just really recognizing that over time inputs, dis, dis undestructed inputs came into the mind that supported evidence of a story being true. What it really takes at a basic level, we're gonna talk real basics because depending on people, their experiences, their situations, their stories, their dynamics, their archetypes, the road itself is gonna be very different, but at its core, it's really this, giving the mind a new story, so making intentions which disrupts the program, and then supporting that with evidence to the mind that it's true. Because right now, the mind isn't trying to sabotage you deliberately, it doesn't lie to itself. It just goes on the back of the evidence. But the thing is, is that the reticular activating system in the brain operates on the program too. So if it's told we have to be sad, it keeps looking for sadness and doesn't see anything else. When I deliberately set the intention and disrupt the program and say, no, happiness is okay. And start to introduce that and step into environments where I'm happy. What do I like doing? Spending more time in that space of happiness and experiencing happiness, acknowledging it, anchoring that in with celebration to create real um, evidence, real evidence in the mind that this is not only true, but it's safe and it's happening over time, depending on the depth of the stories and depending on the commitment and consistency with the work, the story must change because there's not some guard saying you're not allowed to change the story. You have to understand how to speak to your mind. Everyone's going to have a different language. Everyone's going to have different languaging, right? Doing that consistently over time, based on your stories around time, will create the shift. And it's as simple as that, but also as complicated as that. Yes. So I like that. One of my favorite things that you said was evidence, because I always try, and that you actually just linked me with one of the things that I've kind of just been disconnected with and, and trying to explain it with my clients and stuff, because I'm really huge on, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves or what we are going to be living through, whether it's from the past or the future, whether it's this, that's going to, and we have to, we have to control the energy that we give for our future and in the past. And it's through the stories we tell ourselves. And I always try and tell my clients, okay, come up with a new story that we're going to tell ourselves, whether it's like we're the hero of our own story but coming up and getting that clear evidence and creating that evidence and finding those environments so that allow for that evidence to really be there and in front of us and feeling it and, and, and being present in it is really the key to actually making that new story stick. Because mm -hmm. you could just tell yourself it over and over again and like it's like reading a script and then you go outside and if you're just putting yourself into an environment or surrounding yourself with people that are not aligned with your new story, you ain't going to go far. Yeah. <laughs> the story is just going to close. The book's just going <laughs> to close. 
until you open it again and then you read that page <laughs> and then you close I mean, it. I mean, I mean, this is my book, Stepping Beyond Intention, which is, um, is what, it's like the introduction to my model and, and what I, a lot of what we've spoken about today. It really just gives you the step-by-step -step to, to, to creating that model for yourself, right? Because at the end of the day, if I don't keep consistently making those new choices, I'm going to revert back to default. You know, people that go six months without a drink and then have a sip and then they're back on the wagon again, they're, rever they're reverted back to default, right? Um, you've managed to not drunk text your ex for two years. <laughs> Next morning, what have they done? Whatever, it's reverting back to default. You know, um, I've been saving and saving and saving. Then I go down to Atlantic City and splurge it or whatever, back to default. Um, it's like they say lottery winners, 90% or whatever of all lottery winners end up back exactly where they were within five years. It's going back to default. So it's, it's really about understanding that if you're not growing, you're dying. Oh. So if you stop growing, I mean, if you look in nature, when a plant dies, it's because it stopped growing. When we die, it's because the telomeres stopped growing in our body. The, the DNA stopped replicating itself. Our hair changes color because those parts of the follicle that are producing, uh, I think it's, um, I can't remember the name of the, the thing that's being produced, but that stops producing. And so that's why the hair starts to go white. It's the same thing with like our body, like the cells stop replicating and that's why we, we die. Death is actually the, the stopping of growth. Really, that's what happens. So when we stop doing that mentally, we stop expanding in our life, we stop growing, we're just gonna die and revert back to default. So the trick is instead of seeing it as, oh, I have to keep working on it, understand that if I'm not growing, I'm dying. Find pleasure in the journey of growth. Enjoy it. Um, you know, take it on as a lifelong adventure and keep growing. And then you're going to be fine. But it's when we, not, not talking about taking a pause, when we stop, that's when we go backwards. But if I'm continually expanding, 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 and growing and growing and growing, then I'm going to keep going forward and everything's going to be okay. Do you find, um, do you find it, it's like, if you allow yourself to keep growing, do you believe that like, once you expand so far, like, is it more uncomfortable for people when they resort back to that default because they've expanded themselves so much, like so far, like, is it uncomfortable for people to go back in the default? Depends. Um, or is it kind of like a safety mechanism for some it, people? It's always going to depend. Some people are so comfortable being where they are that they're craving to go back. And they're so uncomfortable in the growth. Um, it's one of the reasons why I truly advocate making growth in something that I describe called micro shifts. And I speak about this in my book too, which is making that growth consistent in steps that are just outside. So I always say, push your edge, but don't push your buttons. So push your edge Ooh, so, you like feel the, so you feel the discomfort of growth but not to the point that it's so uncomfortable that you recoil and go backwards to the safety of, 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 of comfort. So, you know, some people are, I mean, like, so for example, me, I spend so much time consciously aware of what, how I feel that when I step out of consciousness, I, I notice it and it feels uncomfortable for me now, but I've spent 20 years practicing that. So I've spent more time alive practicing being conscious, being aware than I have out of it. And so when I do step into unconsciousness, that feels uncomfortable for me, but that's my story that's my situation. Some people, you know, they'll practice, they'll go to the gym for a month and then missing a day, they feel disgusting. Some will go for a month. They'll be like, oh, I can't wait to have a day off. You know, it just, it depends on the person. 
and this is one of the things that I, I really invite people to recognize is that cookie cutter approaches do not work because everybody's different. We all have our unique signature experiences, situations and stories. And those have to be aligned in order for us to get an outcome that we truly desire. I just, you're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so for you, um, what is coming into you? What is your like, what is your life desire and what, what brought you to doing what you're doing now? I, I didn't have a, ch a choice. I had a very much Jonah in the whale. Those who have went to Sunday school or like church school, or whatever, will understand the story of, of Jonah and the whale. Um, uh, I had a calling, like a very, very clear calling. I tried to run away from said calling and was dragged kicking and screaming into doing what I did now until I had a, I was a, doing something called a walking meditation. And I had this very, very clear download of exactly how joyful and lovely it would be for me to just surrender and to, to say yes. And in that moment, I understood just how beautiful it would be. And, and that day, I, I literally gave up my old life. I had a very, very successful business before, um, very, very happy life. And I was prepared to just be a poor teacher, just literally sharing my experiences and allowing all of my adventures to be the gift through which people could, could have you know, abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives. I wasn't actually coming to this for the money. And for the first, I'd say, six months of being in this, this six, six or so months, I was living on savings. It's very much hand-to-mouth. Oh, I'm going to have to go and plug in. It's very much hand-to-mouth. Um, I, I didn't really expect that things were going to be the way that they were until one of my mentors, a dear friend of mine, he said something that, um, that resonated with me. He said, Dan, the, um, the mission demands abundance. And when he said that, what actually happened was I became open. I became open to the idea of receiving financial abundance for what I do now. And that changed the game for me because it actually meant that I was able to offer people uh, a deeper variety in what they were able to experience. And more of my life experience was able to be translated to them because I wasn't holding something back. What I actually realized was that being a poor teacher was playing small. That's what it was. It wasn't about being a poor teacher or being humble. And when I was able to let go of those stories, I was able to actually start experiencing more in my life. And since then, you know, I've been able to support and help more people. Um, people listen to something more when there's money involved, as we've seen. And also, when they see evidence that they can connect and relate to as being something that they can respect, they'll listen more intently. So the very fact that, you know, I live in paradise, basically, and people see me doing my, my videos from the beach, they listen more to what I've got to say. It drops this barrier that was actually blocking them from having a deeper experience and connectivity to what I have to share. Um, you know, so it, well, they see me buzzing around all the time. And so th there's like a, a level of evidence that stops people telling the stories that it's not true. So that's really supported being able to help more people actually. Um, different, do we care? There's things that I like about what I still live now and I do like nice things. I, I, won't, I won't say that I don't, but to be honest, it's more about removing the stories that people would have that don't allow them to actually choose to be more abundant and joyful and, and, and purpose-driven in how they live their lives. Speaking of beaches, how do you, um, how did you, like, how do you incorporate, I see that you love traveling. Um, mm -hmm. Is that one of your key factors to helping your clients and yourself kind of like 
we move like get out of the the day-to-day hustle and bustle and kind of into uh, uh, an energy and an environment that allows them to kind of you know drop down de-stress a bit and and get clear do you find that that's why you do so much traveling and do your resorts and stuff like that well for, for me i mean i a lot of my traveling really is around you know I, I do my workshops and retreats and stuff all over the world my deep dive weekends and I, I get called to speak or I go to person like we met in Toronto I, I came up to Canada to come for two days did, well, did I come for one day I didn't give a one day I came up to do like a one day piece of personal development because I believe in investing myself I invest yes. tens and tens and tens of thousands in myself every year for personal development um so that's that. But then, you know, I go where I'm called is the long and short of it. You know, I'm going to the Middle East next month. I was just speaking to someone this morning that, you know, I'm going to be teaching some of my work at her retreat, her, 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 her spiritual center. Um, been invited to do something when I'm in Dubai and stuff like that. So I'm going to be running around and doing that. But there wasn't really a deep intent. I love to travel. I'm a member of a really cool travel club that means I get really great rates on when I travel, which is really cool. Um, but being in a different environment is a great tool, but if you're dependent on that, then you're a slave to something. So if you can only be in a different space, if you're in a different physical environment, then, you know, I I don't really believe in people being a slave to those things because that's not within your, that's not always in your, your realm of control. Um, I think it's important to understand that you can go on a vacation anytime you want up here. You can take a pause and break free from the energy of what's going on anytime by going into here. And that's what I more advocate people to do. Now, if we're in a sp- like a deeper situation and you really need to, like I said, everyone's different, you really need to break apart, then yeah, let's create some physical distance from people, places and things in order to, to, to break off. Um, with my retreats, which are now called Deep Dive Weekends, you know, um, I get somewhere really luxurious, sort of like this and... We, we, we sit in abundance and we completely cut off from what's going out there. We dive deep, set new anchors, and then go back to our life with new anchors. But we go back to our life empowered to be able to come back to the emotional blueprint of that experience anytime we want. So we don't have to keep running back because there's some people, they're always looking for the next retreat or the next workshop because they're a slave to those things in order to have their transformation and expansion. Left to their own devices, they won't be able to do it you know, because they've been dependent on that thing. They've become a slave to it. So I'm all about empowering people to not need me, not need what I have to offer, but to be able to go and do it for themselves. I like that. I like that because yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that, yeah, they, they jump from, you know, conferences to retreats to retreats and stuff. But then when the, the weekend ends or the day ends, it's just, right back into the normal they feel fired up that time that present moment the energy is flowing i really like that your your focus is you almost kind of want to do your job until you don't need to do it anymore like you really want to help people to the point where they don't need you and that is that is a beautiful thing so i would like to just first off say thank you for that because that's a really hard um quality to find in a coach um, because for a lot of reasons, 
whether it's I need you to, in order to keep my income coming or mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it's very hard to find people that are really truly wanting to work with somebody to the point where it's like, Hey, I want to work with you so deeply that you're like, yo, I got this. I don't need you anymore. That's fantastic. And you do that. So you like to do that. How do you get it so that when they leave your weekend retreats that they carry that energy with them is there like certain things that you you guys do like can you give a, a overview of what a weekend would look like okay so deep dive weekend first and foremost um i don't allow them to be taken in isolation so okay. you can't just you can't just come to a deep dive weekend you have to apply okay uh, yeah you have to apply so for example um my one in january just sold out this morning um and you know people that have applied to them one woman came to she came to in fact two have come back one came to i did one in malta at the beginning of this year and she came along to that we've done a little bit of one-to-one work not intense just sort of some check-in stuff over time we've identified some new stuff so we're going to go deep on that stuff all right so she's got a very clear plan another lady she came to one recently i did in tuscany florence tuscany um now has identified a new area of work to go deep in so we're going to go deep with that uh, one did a beta i did a, a beta test of a new program i'm releasing next year she was in the six month beta test so now we're going to be anchoring in what's happened over this six months in group with the group work with a deep weekend um, another woman's been doing my group work for a couple of years so that's that sometimes i'll allow people to make this the beginning of their journey and then we'll do okay. some going forward, whether they're going to be in a group or whether they're going to do some one-to-one work with me. But this is a very much a pivot. It's not like a, a magic pill weekend. It's a pivot that supports the other work that we're going to do together. Everyone that's in one of my masterminds get to come to a deep dive weekend for free. It's included to come with one for free and they can, they can sort of level up to have more weekends if they want. But again, the weekends are number one, being a disassociated state from your day-to-day life in order to go deep with certain things to work with me personally, because like I said, I only work with a small number of people. If you were on a waiting list or you weren't successful in being able to work with me personally, it's a way that you can work with me hands-on. Um, it's always tailored. So at the beginning of the weekend, we identify what people's specific outcomes are. We then do something called the seven levels exercise to make sure that it's a true deep desire. We then map that out. And then generally speaking, we go through, in my book, I speak about this all on my flow funnel, which looks at three different specific levels of density that we operate in, our energy or our spiritual, our mental and our physical. So over the course of the weekend, again, I have very small groups. I don't allow more than, I think seven is the most I've ever allowed to come to a deep dive weekend with me. So everyone gets one-on-one time. But the first thing we'll do is we'll address setting a clear intention about what we want to experience, tweaking intentions that you've been working with in terms of the outcome that you want to experience. Then we get into the energy of it. How do we make sure that emotionally and energetically you're lined up with that experience of what you want to have? Then we look at the mindset pieces that are standing in your way. Again, we get to dive deep with that personally and masterminding as a group. And then we spend some time creating specific action plan of how you're going to carry on showing up day to day in relation to the work we've done that weekend. There's always breakthroughs. There's always great community spirit. People have formed lifelong friendships from coming on these weekends with me. But most importantly, it's being able to have hands-on feedback. Some people just like to watch me in action for like a couple of days and see how I show up with my daily practices are and be in the energy of that. Um, people have the opportunity to follow me, do my morning regime with me, 
do the check-in practice with me, which we've started introduced now, actually doing the check-ins hands-on with me um, over the course of the day uh, and supporting you and making sure that you're checking with what you want. So you can start to build that rhythm and see what it feels like. Uh, we do yoga together. We eat together. I always have a really cool chef. Um, I've got a great one for down here in Cabo. She's amazing. And again, we just have a really sexy place and have fun as well because fun's really cool. So that's really what a weekend looks like. It's very tailor-made. Um, I go into content that I haven't shared on other platforms, specifically hands-on with the people that are there. But most importantly, it's having a beautiful community spirit space within which to specifically dive deep on an outcome that's not in isolation. It's always a pivot in addition to whether it's group work or one-to-one -one work with me, the people are doing. So it's because of, I feel that like you keep, it's because of that pivot that allows them really to use those anchors that you're creating in that weekend to actually bring forth to the next steps in their life after the weekend is over. Exactly. So you're really just creating those, those pivot points and those anchors. Okay, here's, here's the base of it. Mm -hmm. let's come up with strategy steps intentions to bring that energy forth and forward mm -hmm. and and now it's up to you weekends over take it forth that's amazing i love I mean, that sounds like i mean i can topic. share as an example I, i'll share an example from the last retreat i just did here at los cabos um last month um and i can share his story because he's spoken pu publicly about it the video clip of the actual session that we did he posted to his um his social media of this particular um, session. And he wrote the review that he actually wrote on my Facebook page is specifically around this particular instant. Now, he's an amazing young man, got into Harvard, walked, walked on, on, on Wall Street, worked on Wall Street, walked away from it all because it wasn't for him, but hadn't been getting what he wanted from his life. You know, spent a couple of years traveling and, and all this kind of stuff. He's now moving and starting his own business and he was having some struggles and he came to the retreat He's been to one of my one-day workshops. Um, we, we, we connect, so he's been with some of my content. So he came along with his partner. And, uh, you know, what we actually uncovered through the process of, of the weekend, specifically this one exercise, I knew, the thing is, I knew what the challenge was with him, but I had to get him ready to see it for himself. So this particular exercise that we did was an opportunity to show him what I already saw, because if I just told him, he wouldn't have understood it. But by taking him on this journey through this exercise, he was able to see it. And what he actually saw was that he was playing small in his life in order that other people wouldn't feel small and would accept him. The second that we undid that story, he undid that story. Now his life is completely, is going in a different direction now because he's free of that, the chains of pretending that he wasn't special to make other people feel okay with not being as great as him. And everybody's great in their own way. Yes. Yes. But he has some beauties and some specialness about him that he wasn't living to the fullness because he didn't want other people to feel small. So you kind of, you, it kind of sounds like you, you switched the energy in him. Well, he switched the energy. He allowed the energy to switch in him in the fact of him feeling, okay, if I let my energy too big, others are going to feel small. Does mm -hmm. he now feel that when I allow my energy to be big and and i'm giving in and i'm serving that allows others energies to want to go big and to serve and give yes it, there's 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 that to it too but it was just really just owning his power he wasn't owning his power right uh -huh. so he was 
self-sabotaging in areas of his life because he wanted other people to feel okay because they hadn't achieved what he'd achieved. He went to a really great prep school or scholarship. He went to, to Harvard. Things that people would say are amazing and he walked away from them. And now he's understanding that the way he was showing up now in his life was so that he would feel okay and be accepted by people who weren't um, people who weren't, what's the word I'm looking for? Threatened is the only word I can think of, but that weren't threatened by, by the greatness what? of doing what he is. Uh, that's amazing. I need to get myself to one of your retreats. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that, all of it just feels like it just it's resonating with me. Um, so you have to, like you say, you have to um, apply to your uh, weekend retreats. Um, but you were talking about your mastermind. Can you dive in a little bit about your mastermind? Like, is it a year long mastermind? Is it six weeks? How does your mastermind work? So, so the first mastermind that's been released is a three month mastermind. Um, we opened the doors in January. We've already started onboarding based on people that are already in my work already. And it's called uh, the beyond abundance mastermind. So what we're looking at is health, wealth, and relationship. I've got world-class specialists that are coming in. We're teaching beyond intention tools. It includes a deep dive weekend access as well. Uh, but most importantly, it's writing uh, a specialized script for you in those three areas, diving deep, being in connection with some really great people. There's digital like virtual mastermind that we're doing every couple of weeks. Then we have the specialists coming in as well. Um, I've got a world leader in finance, a world leader in relationships, a world leader in health. Um, so it's everybody that leaves that will be at least six or seven figures in their finances they will be able to step into relationship as they choose to step into relationship and their health will, will kick into gear. Um, those are the commitments that we make uh, to, to, to people that are joining, joining us. Um, now, people, for example, be, oh yeah, that's the magic pill, you know, but it's, it's not a magic pill. There's gonna be work to be done. So we're really only accepting people that are really ready to dive deep like deep, deep and commit for three months to following daily practices, understanding that that's going to set a momentum up for them going forward. Now, of course, I'm not going to give you an hour a day worth of stuff day one. It's going to be five or 10 minutes a day at first that incrementally over time steps up. And as you start integrating these things and making these shifts in the way that you show up every day, you can start to have those new experiences. Like that. Um, so that one's coming out in January. Yes, we started onboarding. It's still not available to the general public, really. People that are members of like my free Facebook group can get information about it on there. Uh, people that are in my groups, whether it's the, in any of my groups, they get access to it too. Um, after the January one, we'll consider opening up to the general public. But I really, I'm really, 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 really picky <laughs> about the energy of what I bring into the collectives things. Even like my group, my group programs, like my Micro to Millions, Again, you can't go on to any website and buy it. You have to be interviewed to, to apply to be a member of the program because we've got a really great group of people who are expanding and creating massive levels of abundance for themselves. And I, I'm really confident that my, my belief story, if you will, about the caliber of people that come into the program is contributing to the results that people are getting. And I'm, I really want to honor, honor that and continue it. That's amazing. Um, what are some of the... What are the, some of the struggles, like the hardest struggles 
that people bring to you for either your mastermind or for your retreats? Unworthiness is a big one, I think. Unworthiness is a really, really big one. Actually, in my, my free Facebook group, we did a, I did a coaching call. Um, I think it was last month, I think. Yeah, it was last month where I, I actually said, you know, I'd, I'd come on and I'd, I'd coach. So people came on and they took turns and they got coached through their unworthiness. And the thing is that unworthiness very rarely is actually unworthiness. It's the, the root of it. Unworthiness generally is a symptom of something else going on. It's the same thing, you know, people come to me about not being financially free or stuck in their job or having debt and all this kind of stuff. Again, these are symptoms. They're not, they're not the, root, the root cause. So generally people come through with, you know, the money stuff. Um, some people catch on that there's an unworthiness piece to it, but always there's something deeper underneath. But generally it's the money stuff that people come in for. Um, what, what would be, what are some of the root causes for someone to feel unworthy? Unworthiness is a practice. It's something, it's a, it's something you've practiced and rehearsed. Okay. You've practiced and rehearsed a value that you place on yourself being different to what you consciously desire it to be. Okay. So for me to say I'm unworthy, it means that I recognize that there's a level of worthiness that I'm not subconsciously allowing myself to be at. But really it's just a story because I'm measuring myself against someone else's measure. When it's self feelings of unworthiness, there's still an outward measure that I'm using to put myself against. Otherwise, the law of, re the law of relativity says, Everything just is until there's something being attached to it to create a story. So if there's nothing attached to it, there's no story, then where's the unworthiness coming from? That's where self-love comes in. Because if I just love myself in spite of and regardless of what's going on outside, there's nothing to say that I'm unworthy because there's nothing that I'm negatively measuring myself against. I can just be. Oh, I like that. I like that. So is what is self-love is... It's a hard thing to teach. Um, mm -hmm. How do people, you know, disassociate themselves from that? Because even like you said, um, even if it is more internal thing, it has to be attached to something external, right? And mm -hmm. unless, the, how do people start flipping that switch and that energy to, you know, gain self-love and, and to start knowing that as soon as I, disassociate that emotion or that connection from me to maybe uh, unfortunately that parent that has made me feel unworthy all my life how do how do you help someone you know create and understand that self-love is is from within and you have to live from in that that energy great 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 question well first and foremost everything's going to come down to the rudimentary basics of the flow funnel everything is going to come down at some level to the flow funnel, all right? The reason why it's going to come down to the flow funnel at some level is because the flow funnel is based on nearly 20 years of looking at this whole thing of creation and understanding that everything is energy that becomes physical matter by shifting in density to become physical matter. And that journey that it goes on moves through different levels of density that we experience as humans. So pure energy we first experience as emotional, then we experience mentally by being able to visualize it. And then we experience it physically in our world. So we have to, I say we have to choose by setting the intention, feel it, see it, and then do or act in alignment with it. 
So regardless of what anybody's seeking to create, at its core, that's what I'm going to be teaching you how to do. How to choose it, feel it, see it, and then choose to show up in your physical world in alignment with it. It's all coming down to alignment. So intention plus alignment equals result. So the road that everyone's going to go down to create that alignment is going to be very different because people are going to have different depths of stories. They're going to have different programs that they're running on, different autopilots. So I can't give you a cookie cutter response for how that's going to happen person to person, but at its core, it's going to be learning how to set intentions in a language that you understand, right? Getting that clarity, really actually understanding that generally speaking, you don't want what you think you want, right? Then it's learning to break free of the bonds that are tying you from being able to emotionally experience what you want to you want to experience. And then it's being able to believe in yourself enough to be able to visualize it and therefore start the process of physically experiencing it. So opening yourself up to possibility and then creating practices that train you to show up in alignment with it. So for example, I have this one all the time. People say that they want physical abundance, but then they make choices that a cheapskate would make. How's that gonna work? You're completely putting yourself off of that timeline of you having abundance by being in the timeline of a cheapskate. So it doesn't matter how much you meditate, how much emotional work you're doing, how much visualization and goal setting and repetition you're doing, you're being a cheapskate. Now, I'm not saying to go out and spend all your money on your credit cards doing a five-star you know, five holiday and, and bankrupting yourself, but making choices that push your edge but don't push your buttons in terms of moving towards being more abundant. So whether that's giving yourself a VIP day, whether that's you know, going to the limits of what you can afford and maybe pushing yourself a little bit more so you're a bit uncomfortable but not disastrous, disastrously so, whether it's just making shifts and choices around um, not going to the budget aisle, right? And maybe that'll mean changing a little bit of what you buy in order to have more quality things. Um, uh, an, an ex of mine had this thing that she wouldn't allow chipped plates and crockery in the house because for her, that was allowing chipped energy into her experience. And so she'd throw it out. So what chipped crockery do you have in your life in terms of people, places, and things? What energy and experience, what energy are you allowing into your environment in terms of the friends that you have, uh, the relationship that you allow, the way you allow yourself to be treated, um, you know, what are you eating? All of this stuff. Is it aligned with what you said you want to experience? Or is it aligned with what you've been experiencing all of your life and therefore going to keep perpetuating the same outcomes for you? So at its root, that's what we're going to do. And then depending person to person, we get very, very specific with that. Um, with the groups, you know, we give you outline models, but then my group coaching allows you, the group coaching calls that I do for group work, you're allowed to sort of come in and ask them specifically. And if we're working one-on-one, -on -one, obviously we get to really tighten that up. I like, I, I'm now just associating myself with something that you've said there because obviously for everybody, financial freedom is something that everybody would enjoy having and, and would love um, in life for the most part, for the most part. Mm -hmm. I mean, meaning not like having to have thousands of thousand dollars and just yeah. being able to be free to, you know, hey, I exactly. would like to go on this trip go on this trip without being like, oh man, I have to save up three paychecks and then this and this and, after, and this is paid and this is paid before I can actually do that. I'm I I'm going to now start watching myself because it's not that um I don't ever like get myself anything or like splurge on myself but I am I can sometimes be a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's, so, here's the, I've got a hack. I've got a hack. I've got, 
I've got a really cool hack for you. And this is one that I learned many years ago from someone I, I, I learned from. Uh, set up something called a play jar. And this one's for you and anyone that's listening. So what you do is every time you get paid, put a percentage of that pay into a jar. And that is your play jar. And then what you have to do is at the end of the month, that play jar must be spent on something fun, different, exciting, adventurous, and luxurious for you. Maybe there's only 20 bucks in the play jar at the end of the month, but guess what? Maybe that will get you a really nice cup of tea at like a fancy place or a nice cocktail at your favorite bar. Maybe you just go for that one cocktail, but you get yourself doled up, you go and have that expensive cocktail or that glass of champagne. And then, you know, you soak it in, you anchor it in, you feel the connection to the experience and then you go home right? Yes. It could be that you go and get like a nice massage. Like I have my something called a VIP day that I do at least once a month, normally like a couple of times a month um, where, you know, I make a big thing of it. I go and I have a massage and I get a manicure and pedicure and I go and have like a beach day and, you know, I go and, you know, get pampered. I get like some acupuncture and blah, 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 blah. And that's part and parcel of my, my, my VIP experience, you know? So, if you're in a position where you're saying, yo, I'd love to be more abundant, but how am I going to do it? Set some money aside, 5%, 10%, whatever you feel comfortable with, just add a bit to whatever you feel comfortable with, put that money aside. And then maybe it's a couple hundred dollars and you can buy yourself a new dress, right? Or whatever makes you feel good. It's about you feeling good and you actually doing something that really feels abundant for, for you. For me. That's right. Build up a play jar and do that. I, I'm definitely going to do that. I, I've written it down already. Play job. I like that. Um, my, my mentor, uh, one of my mentors, Blake, he actually, well, for the, where I met you at the professional speaking, um, bless his heart, um, I did not pay for my hotel room um, because I was only going to go down for the Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, I drive like I, a couple hours drive, but he was like, you know what? I want, I want you to come down Friday to Sunday. And I was like, being a cheapskate, I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can, like, I then like, I don't, I have I didn't pay for those days. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know about the hotel. And he's like, nope, no, no, no. And at the end of the weekend that he the reason why he did that for me and I just, I, I just hugged him. He's like, I want you to start living in the life, start living the life as what you know you are capable of having. Mm -hmm. And you want to travel. You want to be a, you want to be a speaker. You want to do all of these things. I want you to start being present in the moment of a life that you would be living in, staying in hotel rooms, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm -hmm. like, doing these retreats without feeling that like ah so yeah he did take a huge pressure off of me but that weekend I very much did feel alive I did very much feel aligned with what I was wa what I'm wanting to do with my life and I think it was because I got to experience the full thing from staying in the hotel to, you know, interacting with everybody the whole weekend. Like, the and it, yeah, that's, yeah. And it was a beautiful thing. And ever since he said that and you saying it now, it just keeps reminding me. And I believe the universe is going to give you lessons until you learn them. Mm -hmm. 
this is a lesson that I need to actually learn and implement it. And, and I think your little task here, this play job. Play jar, jar, really jar. J-A-R. Jar. Play jar. Jar. Play jar. Jar, perfect. <laughs> so I think, yes, I think this play jar is really going to help me because it's going to be specific. Because you, like you said, every time you get paid, just put a little bit in there. But then at the end of the month, I won't feel guilty. No, because you've, you've set it aside. Yeah, and I've set intentions for that being Fun. what's going to allow me to feel abundance. Yeah. I like that. I maybe like go have a hotel room with it, you know, maybe even just an Airbnb room, even if just a room in a nice Airbnb house. You know, you can get some really nice ones in Toronto for like a hundred bucks. Go and have a night on the town. Like even if you just go and get somewhere with a nice balcony, take your own drink and sit on the balcony and look at the sights, you know, look at the needle. It's about feeling good. Yes. And, and setting those intentions and living like in the present moment as you are moving forward to the life that you're creating. Exactly. I, yes. I like that. The, you and Blake both are like, Drilling in my head. Stop being cheapskate. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so you do some speaking. Speaking of public speaking and stuff, tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about it. And like, are you, do you talk about what we're talking about now on the podcast? Or do you have specific like keynotes, specific topics? Can you give us a little bit more? everything I talk about all comes down to being more intentional regardless okay. of the framework uh, and as you know we learn and you know you'll know by now in relation to speaking it depends on the audience and what the remit is and what they want you know specifically but it's going to come down to being intentional okay, because okay. once people start to understand the importance of intention which as I've shown is like the backbone to everything disrupting the patterns by being intentional then we can start to see other things. You know, we can talk about all the other sexy stuff, but unless you're understanding of the importance of being intentional, the rest of it doesn't really matter. No. So I, when I'm speaking in general terms, if I'm only going to have, you know, 10, 20 minutes with someone, that's what I'm really going to talk. I'm going to talk about being intentional and show them how they can start to be intentional in their life. Um, what, what do you have moving forward for yourself and for your clients like you were saying in january you have your new three-month mastermind yep. um coming out um mm -hmm. what are like what are your dreams for the future for 2020 what are you wanting your 2020 to be like how are you setting your intention so 2020 for me really is about expanding the message i've done a lot of digging deep this year putting some pieces together um, a lot of evidence um, proving that my stuff really, really works. I got my best-selling book out. Um, we did the audio. We did the Kindle. We did the paperback. The Audible came out on the weekend, so that's now on audiobook. So really excited about that. Um, I've got my next book on the cards. I know what that's going to be about, but I really want to make sure that we maximise what we do with this book first before we we, we get onto that. Um, uh, this coming year, I'm doing more in-person personal development. This year, I haven't done as much in-person personal development as I like to. I normally like every month to six weeks to be somewhere in person, learning from okay. someone. So I'm doing that. Um, 
I'm married now, so I want to spend some time with family and, and, and sort of like working on that and making that relationship, integrating that and supporting her and what she wants to do. Uh, she actually is on one of my programs, so she's literally just handed in her notice at work and is financially free now. So supporting her on that journey is important. So yeah, that's what 2020 is about for me. That's exciting. Congratulations on the wedding. Thank you. Did that happen like after we met? Uh, it's less complicated, but more complicated than that. It was before, but it was, it was quiet, but we hadn't said anything to anyone. And then she decided to blurb it um, <laughs> without checking in with me first. So interesting. But yeah, that's that. So <laughs> publicly. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, to to kind of dwindle things down because I'm sure that you and I could really keep this conversation <laughs> going all day every day this because I'm really I'm really loving um, all this incredible information that you're you're sharing with me and a lot of it has clicked into my brain and I'm like okay this is stuff that I even need to work on here <laughs> we all have stuff we need I to work have on. I have some stuff that I am going to be intentionally doing after this um, mm -hmm. to set myself up um, a little bit more clearer for 2020. So I really enjoyed today's episode. Um, to kind of dwindle things down, I want to know your perspective on positivity. Mm, it's a great tool, but by itself, it doesn't do very much. Oh, it's a great tool. But by itself, it doesn't do very much. So what does positivity need? What kind of tools does it need? What, like, what does it need in order for it to work? It needs uh, direction and framework. So if I'm not directing that positivity in an expansive way, then I can be positively, I can be positive sitting down, not doing anything and not growing. I can be positive about just dying and I can be positive about... You know, I can be positive about anything. I can direct that anywhere. But am I directing it in a way that's expansive, that adds to the world, that adds to me, that adds to my purpose? Is it doing any of that? Then you've got the framework piece, which is, yeah, but what am I being positive about? Am I being positive in an expansive way? Or am I being positive in an accepting way? You know, it's just like awareness. I always say awareness, with, awareness alone does nothing, but without awareness, we can do nothing. So it's like, I can be aware of the fact that I'm a bum, like I'm a, I'm a butthole, like I'm a, you know, I'm a real douche. I can yeah. be aware of that. That's not going to create a shift in my behavior for me to be a, a more lovely human. But unless I'm aware of my being a douche, I'm not going to be able to move forward and do anything with it. I can be positive about the fact that I'm a douche. I'm a douche, love and light. I'm still a douche. Yes. You know? Yeah. Oh. I really enjoyed that. Um, the reason why I, this, this is one of my favorite questions to ask is because um, one of my intentions for 2020 is to write my first book all mm -hmm. on my own. I've been a part of a book, a co-author mm -hmm. of a book, but I would like to write my own um, is called Pop. And it's called Perspectives on Positivity. And I would like to just come up with a book um, on finding different ways to bring your energy to positivity. It's and it's through 
everybody's journey and everybody that has been on my podcast that asks that answers this question gives me such incredible answers um that I'm like oh my god and I'm just like I write it down and I'm like oh my god now it's just kind of expanding on it mm -hmm. putting my touches on it um I will I'll be reaching out to you as well as I get closer to yours as I don't um I just take a little bit of our podcast episode and kind of put it into your perspective just so that right. it's there. Um, and yeah, so that, I love that. I love that. So positivity itself, say that line again. <laughs> oh my God. Positivity. I'm getting it. I'm getting it caused up it, with the yeah. awareness one. <laughs> um, positivity <laughs> is a great tool, but it requires direction and it requires framework. Framework or context. I like that. I like that. Well, um, I would like to say thank you very, very much um, for all this incredible content and value that you have just shared with me and my listeners. I truly appreciate uh, your time, the energy that you brought. Um, are my listeners able to reach out to you and where can they, even if it's just to follow you on Instagram or on Facebook, just to get some inspiration, where can they find you? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Like I said at the beginning, um, you're a great light. I loved your energy, loved your vibe and really been fun connecting with you and, and sharing this time and space. Um, I would say in terms of anything, like I do a lot of free stuff. In fact, you know, I had a business manager at the beginning of the year who was so unhappy with the amount of free stuff I give away. <laughs> but the first point of call would be um, dreamwithdan.com forward slash Facebook. That would take you to my Facebook group. Or if you're on Facebook, you can look for my group, Dream With Dan. That's my Facebook group. It's completely free. I do loads of exclusive stuff in there. We do like challenges. I do masterclasses. I give exclusive clips like content from my retreats and stuff every Wednesday. Um, they get to apply for stuff, you know, um, I do like coaching calls on there. It's, it's great free content. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's dreamer CEO, Twitter, I'm the same dreamer CEO. And then my Facebook page is the dreamer CEO. Cause someone stole my name, but yeah, that's um, the best way to, to connect with me. Like I said, there's loads of free stuff on there. I do my best to get back to everybody. Um, and yeah, if you're ready to put in the work, then we're here to support you. Um, if you want to make an investment in yourself to go a bit deeper, I always say check out the free stuff first because you might not need it. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it really. But first point of call will always be to check out check out the Facebook group. Perfect. Thank you so very much. Listeners, go check that stuff out. If you got anything from today's episode, I can only imagine this was just the surface of the stuff that you have out on your, your Facebook page, your, your website. Um, so yes, go check that out. I'm even going to go check it out um, <laughs> and, and dive into things a little bit more. Um, thank you again so very much. Um, I truly appreciate you and we will certainly be in touch and keep in contact. <laughs> Um, I would love to maybe come up with something that we can work together on in 2020. Um, sure. I'm loving your energy. So let's, uh, let's connect for sure. Definitely. I'm always up for like, I mean, anyway, we'll, we'll talk, but for me, it's, if my costs are getting covered for me to get somewhere, 
then I'm happy to come and share is the long and short of it. You know, I'm not one of those people that pay me $50 million and I will come because at the end of the day, I love what I do and I would do it for free as long as it's not costing me anything that I'm happy to sort of look at doing stuff. So yeah, just shout me and we'll see what we can do. Awesome. I'd appreciate that. Brilliant. Alrighty. Well, you have a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy that nice sunny weather. And I'll I'm going to, uh, I will do my best. I will do my best. I'm going to go make the best out of the weather that I'm in, which is snow. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Have a yeah. good day. You too. Bye for now. Bye. Woo! There you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It was incredible. I loved every second of diving in to his journey, to all of the information that he shared, to all of the incredible insights that he gave us to the strategies to just absolutely everything um i hope you guys take something away from this podcast episode and use it in your life and if you guys like today's episode please 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 Give me a share, give me a like, leave a review. Um, It truly helps out the podcast, getting um, the value out to everyone, which I'm truly, truly wanting to do. And also tag me in it on Instagram at Sparkplug Wellness. Tag Daniel on it at um, Dreamer CEO and Instagram. Let us know what you guys think. Um, I truly appreciate you guys and the time that you guys take to listen to my episodes, um, to share the love and to give me the support. So thank you guys once again. Um, thank you. Thank you, Daniel. And once again, stay tuned because the next episode, I have a guest named Dave Pow T-Pain and we're going to talk about man his superhero and you're going to just um, get fired up about that one so stay tuned and it's time for us to go out and make positivity together and louder